Hi, and welcome to the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Ritma. This is a marketing podcast like you haven't heard before. It's about real connections and honest conversations. Why am I here? To remind you that you can fly. If you're brave enough to listen to that calling inside you, I'm here to serve you and show you that marketing can and should be honest, that the truth sells and authenticity wins. So how can businesses and brands build a real and authentic audience? The Authentic Audience Podcast gives you insight into growing your business and marketing strategies to gain real followers and loyal customers. Each week, I create a space of radical honesty for thought leaders and entrepreneurs who have built successful businesses to share their insights on business, marketing, relationships, life, and spirituality. Each episode is sure to remind you the power of storytelling and truth selling. Get ready to get real, get raw, get honest, and keep growing. Aisha Ophelia is the creator of the Girlfriend Manifesto, a women's space for inspired living. Her personal manifesto consists of a strong sisterhood, spirituality, a radical self-love practice, and adventure. She moonlights as a creative consultant with an emphasis on online marketing, social media, and graphic design. Holy Rebellion is her YouTube channel where she shares inspired content that speaks to the union of our sacred, holy, and human selves. Her long-term intentions include a healing center, book, and deep dive into the alchemy of ethiogenic plants. I'm so excited. Um, Based on that bio, I'm sure you all know why she's here. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Yay. Thank you so much, Krista. Talk to me about what is going on in your world right now. We are recording this uh, the week after election week. A lot is still uncertain. And how are you? Where are you? Tell me everything. Good question. Good place to start. Um, A thing that I think that women can do well, or at least, you know, on my journey, um, sort of following my intuition has been huge. And I know that sounds weird to think about in a time like this, like how, how is intuition helping me deal with the chaotic times that we're in? Well, the, the big fact about my intuition is that it always connects me with my heart and there I always find my truth. So I've been having experiences where I'm having humanity reflected back instead of our differences. I've been connected with a lot more people who are creating answers around the problems that exist. I've just really found that my world has taken on a certain kind of cadence that makes me feel really hopeful about what's possible. Because if I think, I think if we look at the big, huge picture, we just feel so hopeless. Like we feel so small and consequential. How do we like recreate this whole thing that needs recreating? But if we bring it back to like something personal and intuitive, that's where all the answers are. That's where all of the recreation of something really happens. So I've been in that intuitive part of myself and, you know, sometimes it looks like just bawling your eyes out, but you know, it, 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 uh, it takes on a certain cadence that I think is important for me. I think that is such a refreshing answer. Uh, thank you for sharing. I think I, it's, it was definitely, um, intense for me, the, the election week and just the uncertainty of it. I struggle with anxiety and tend to operate from such a masculine place of control. Mm. And I think that answer is just so beautiful and lands with me in such a big way because I'm realizing in business and life, um, I really want to soften into that space. And we have a choice. Like my intuition is so strong. She's so clear. She's so confident, soft, um, 
all of these things I want to be right. Like somebody was reading my chart recently and she said, your ego wants to be, I'm a Gemini. So she's like, your ego (laughs) wants to be this flighty, you know, controlling, um, all over the place, but, but really you're this grounded mystic. And I'm like, really? I am because that feels so good. So I just love that answer. And I think it is so hopeful and, um, we get to decide, right? Like we get to decide. And I think that that's something I'm really sitting with today is we have a choice in how we show up. Yeah. And I just appreciate, I appreciate that so much. So I really want to dive into, um, what you've created, what you're all about, but first, um, can you share with me your why? So why you do what you do, what gets you out of bed? Um, why you started all of this? Man, that's such a good question. I think, the first like thing I felt was just like that fire in my belly. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. And it's like this, it's this mix of like humanity, mysticism, and, you know, just personal experience. And I think, you know, for one thing, the girlfriend manifesto has been one of the most intuitive journeys I've ever been on because it required me to not know, to surrender the need to not know, to just start putting things out there without there even being anyone there. And for a while, it was literally just this place that I could pour into. And I was like, I know exactly what I want to talk about. These, you know, I had been to, and maybe some of your listeners can relate. I had been to like hundreds of seminars, you know, I've read all the books and I've, I've been all the places and I had so much wisdom to share, but I wasn't confident about how to do it or when to do it. And I was letting all of these little things like hold me back. And so, you know, the name, the girlfriend manifesto came to me and before it became something before it became what it was, it was this little seedling. It was this little idea where people would come to my art studio at the time. And I just knew that, that my life felt more manageable when I was around women. And, you know, Mm -hmm. when I was involved in sisterhood or community, it just felt like, like food for my soul. And so, you know, I became obsessed with how we do things as women and how the feminine operates and started inviting people into these conversations. And um, it's definitely grown into something that's like bloomed and I had no idea that it would. So back to this intuitive piece, but you know, my why is, is sort of all of those things. It's the, Mm -hmm. it's the human journey that we share alike. You know, we just like, we, we, we all go through so many similar things and um, yeah, that's my why. I love that answer so much. And this is just in such deep resonance with me. I feel that around women as well. And I I often find like one of my favorite places to be is like in the nail salon or the hair salon. Mm-hmm. And I like the hair salon because we all look totally ridiculous and we're all wearing the same like black cape. Mm-hmm. So there's like this oneness of like, I love that. you know, like we're just, we, we have like foils in our hair, like crazy things going on and it's just women. And there's something that grounds me in such a deep way. And I think, you know, I've been talking a lot. I have this client, we're talking a lot about feminine leadership and what it means. And I think we spend so much time wanting to be equal and wanting to um, show up in business and be accepted. So we like operate from this masculine place for many people like myself. It's not even that um, I've, I've lost the femininity. It's like, I never had it. I've showed up in this way from the moment I started like bossing people around. And like, I, it, 
I need to learn it. Yeah. And um, that's but just- But you know like, what? Can I stop you? Because yeah. I think all women know it. We're remembering it. That's it's what a remembrance. It like. That's what it feels like when that layer gets stripped away and you're like, oh, that wasn't even mine. It's like, instead of, you know, it's it's always there and we get to like polish it and reveal it. And then also, can I sprinkle some magic on your story about the hair salon and why you love it so much? Please. So I read something that I thought was so interesting and of course it's this way, but- So when you're in the hair salon and someone's touching your head, it's like activating a part of your pineal gland. It's like opening you up. So that's the reason we start just telling our hairdresser our like deepest secrets. We're like, like what's going on? You know, there's this like, you know, there's the oxytocin and there's this bonding chemical that happens when our, when our heads are getting rubbed. So just a little. I, I love that. Thank you. I love when I have my really brilliant friends with me, like this, like this is a perfect example because I'll say this like random thing and then they come in and back it up with like this amazing (laughs) piece of information that totally like justifies, you know, the biggest joke in my, in my friend group is like, I have this thing that I blurred out and then I'll say, now this isn't based on any facts whatsoever. This is just based on what Uh I'm feeling. And then somebody like you can come in and say, well, actually I can tell you why you feel that way. And it's, it's such a nice like validation of, of what we feel. And I just think that having this space to celebrate women, it doesn't always have to be so equal. So one all the time, like we can have this sacred container um, to celebrate one another. And just, there's this exhale that comes when there isn't any men in the room. And I, And, and it's, and I know the same thing goes, my husband plays golf and he got into golf during COVID, which is like the most off-brand thing, but he's like all in. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's this like masculine energy that he gets to go on the course with his dad, with his friend. It's like this whole man vibe. And I'm so happy for him. And yeah. I think with everything that's happening, we're forgetting to like celebrate the masculine and the feminine in a in a really sacred way. And so I'm really grateful you're doing this work and tell me more about what the girlfriend manifesto has evolved into. And now just sort of from a business standpoint, what, what it really looks like for you. Yeah. Yeah. So as I continue to sort of evolve with the idea that I had, the original idea was really just to gather women and in a physical space together. So I started inviting women that I thought were amazing or who had something that I just felt was cool. And, you know, that's how it grew. And then when it went online, it was more about ideas. And so Mm -hmm. I started to really, after I had been just doing sort of anything, I started to go through this process of like evolving it and like, what are you really talking about? And for me, it, I made four pillars and, you know, mm-hmm. like when you think about the number four, which actually we're in a number four, you think, oh my God, well, fours are about stability. And so if you look at like, look at a chair, it's got four legs. It's more stable than a three. A five is another energy of chaos. And you get back to six. So there, you know, it like numerology actually makes logical sense. That's a small tangent. But anyway, um, the four pillars are um, self-love, this was like a little bit before that word started to feel like mush. So if we need to come back to that, we can self-love, um, spirituality, sisterhood, and adventure. And these were the things that I was like, all right, if like, this is what fuels my life. This is what gives my life meaning. I can talk about so many things within each of those things. And as time went, you know, and, and the audience grew, people started asking me, well, 
are you know are you going to do a coaching group are you going to do this and like at the same time I started working for a woman who was a coach and was doing certification so it was like I was meeting with all of these like synchronistic moments and I was growing as my quote unquote business and you know I didn't even start to really think about and that until year four wow you know it may seem like a luxury but I think if we're trying to build something that like, and I don't know about you, but I've, done, I've thought I was going to do so many things. I have a podcast. I have expensive podcasting equipment that I've touched like five times, you right. know, like I've dabbled a lot. So I really wanted to make sure as I was moving into this, that it wasn't something that I could like, and it's okay to reinvent and to let go of things too. Like having said that, but for me, there's something about letting it grow from this little seedling. And now it's like, I'm like, whoa, like I had no clue what I had the ability to build, sorry, and what I, um, and what it became. And I just sort of was answering each intuitive call. Like people were like, you know, I'm, I don't want to just be out here necessarily talking about like every single, well, that's not even the right way to put it. I wanted to be able to speak directly to the people who were being drawn to me. So I'm like, well, if they're asking me for something or that's a need of the community, and if that's something I can do, then I would more than love to do that. So I really let my, the, the, my passion evolve into something that can support me, you know, and I took this course called Feminist Business School, which was super helpful in learning how to lead with that feminine energy. Um, anyway, having said that, it's, it's evolved into what it is now. And now I offer courses, I do coaching, and then I do creative. Oh, it's so cool to hear. And I think from a marketing standpoint, um, this is something that can't really be taught, though I try every day. And I think the mindset, coming back to mindset. So I'm a launch strategist. I help people launch their online courses, offers, brands, et cetera. And obviously there's a strategy to that, but, and, and I'm not reinventing the wheel. It's the same strategy. A lot of marketers are teaching, yeah. but what I really focus on and why this is so successful. So my why in creating this podcast was why do businesses succeed? And what is it that draws us to somebody? So obviously when my producer put your stuff in front of me, I was super drawn to you. So what I want to do on the podcast is figure out why, like, what was that initial attraction that I had to your words, to yeah. the way you were speaking, to the way you look, to the way your website feels like, why are we drawn to certain people and why do certain business ventures succeed? And what comes back time and time again is two things. It's one intention and it's two authenticity. And this intention, this willingness to evolve, this willingness to pivot, to listen to what's coming through. Now my clients are so much more like you and they teach me every day because the more you listen to your intuition, the more you really let your ego take a back seat and really like devote yourself to what's calling and what's coming through, the more successful it is from a financial level, from a business level, from yes. a success, from a, a mental health. I mean, check every, it checks every box. And like, you can have this incredible strategy, this spreadsheet, the sales funnel, whatever. And of course you need that. Right. So I like to say, you know, my, the way that I attack business is strategy and spirituality sort of combined. So that intuition, what is your business need? Speaking to your dream client, listening to them, creating for them and service to them. And then I hear you saying all this stuff and I'm like, see, <laughs> this yeah. is, this is what works. And so one thing, like on one end, your intuition is happy. Your um, she's feeling heard and your business gets to evolve and pivot and be open and not locked into feeling a certain way or, or, 
looking a certain way. And then on the other hand, it's really successful financially and like those, you know, typical metrics of success. So for me doing business this way is a win-win and now I'm like, okay, this is why she's here. Um, and my, my listeners, I never forget that we have listeners here and my listeners tend to get so much from this podcast that I've had people reach out to me that want to work with me. And they're like, well, I've made all these changes in my business just from listening to your podcast (laughs) and now I'm ready. And so I think before we dive deeper into some really specific topics, I want to hear from you. Um, if somebody is in that beginning phase, like year one of the girlfriend Mm -hmm. manifesto, basically, what is your biggest advice to them, um, in bringing something to life? Sometimes I just, my clients, they're, they're so overwhelmed. Um, they're so idea focused and there's not a lot of action happening. Um, so how do you create something from your intuition <laughs> into life? <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, oh my God, Kelly, you better preach. Also, I'm setting up an appointment with you because you know what? I've been in this, the world that you're in because I've been on so many teams of like huge people in the industry. And so I think it burned me a little bit just because it did get to be so methodical, even though there were these like deeply spiritual ideas behind it. You would just see the person who was the author or the coach so stressed out about like keeping up with this, like, uh, I don't know. I just think the way that you describe the way that you work is literally what I've been trying to manifest. Mm -hmm. And we're so on the same um, wavelength on that. So yeah, I am going to contact you. Side note. Um, I'm going to contact you side note. I'm like looking at your (laughs) website. I'm like, when can we start work? I'm feeling a trade in the works. Um, Oh, I love this. The other thing in residence, but I just to cut you off for a moment is the number four like you're really putting meaning to so many things. And this is why I love this podcast is selfishly. It's like a therapy session for me yeah. every time it's because exa- I don't even look at, I didn't even look at your stuff until a few hours ago. Right. Like I said, yes. And uh-huh. I'm so busy that then I have two hours before each podcast to just like fully immerse myself. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. yep, this is who I'm supposed to be talking to today. And the number four, my whole life, has been so huge to me. We're even thinking about buying a house soon and thinking about the offer. I'm like, how can we include as many fours in our offer? And for you to say four is about stability, like that speaks to me in such a big way. And it's like you, these little moments that you have with strangers, these connections impact me in such a big way. Like just one sentence, you saying that I'm like, Oh, that's security to me. Just stability is really important. I'm anxious. I'm all over the place and I crave structure and stability. And so it's just so interesting. We're definitely dancing on the same energy level right now, which is so much fun. Um, and I really want to use this as a little, um, side note to, to jump into dreams. Um, you said the importance of working with your nighttime dreams to heal please tell me more. This is something yeah. that I, I asked if you wanted to, anything you wanted to talk about. And when I read that, my dreams are just, <laughs> it does not seem like it's helping me heal. And I okay. want to just know everything yeah. about this topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go there. I want to just like rewind back to quickly the question you asked about the first year of being in business. Cause I kind of, <laughs> we, we kind of deviated a little bit. Totally. And I do want to say please. this. So it's super brief. 
it's maybe, maybe it's the answer you'd give, which I'd love to hear, you know, back from you if it's similar to what you'd say. But the thing that I try to tell to so many clients is it's a, it's a tale. It's a tale of consistency and inspiration. And if you can find this dance where you're authentically putting out what you feel inspired by and you're doing it on a regular basis, even if you think, even if you think no one's engaging with this, no one's listening, I'm not hitting the metrics that I'm supposed to be told that I am. If you can like shut out all those voices and really focus on like your why, I love, I love your why. And I love that you asked the question about why, and then produce from that point and let it build and let it grow and let it do so organically. You know, like we don't all, sometimes you get a tweet from someone super amazing and suddenly your following's like, boom, and you don't know what to do with yourself. Most of us have just done this gradual climb of intention, awareness and consistency and, and let that kind of build I love that. Sorry, I'm writing that down because this is going to be the soundbite. Um, that was the soundbite I want to use to, to promote <laughs> no. this episode. So I'm writing it down. No, um, I think that that's such good advice. And it's like tackling one thing at a time, right? Like, and I yeah. think that consistency is so important because oftentimes when we're first starting out, we like try so many different things and we don't have any data to tell us whether or not that was even successful exactly. because we didn't, uh, we weren't like consistent long enough in delivering the content and staying on message for anybody to even react to it. We have one yeah. post or one launch and no one signs up and we give up. So I just think that consistency and inspiration is, is it, you named it. And that's, that's beautiful advice. Yeah. And thank you for going back and answering that question. I often get sidetracked and I love my guests who <laughs> keep me on track, okay. um, but I'm just so excited to talk about dreams yeah. and, and the work that you do and just tell, tell me everything. Sure. So Let's start talking about dreams on a physiological level, and then we'll go all mythic and witchy and woo. But on, you know, the little that I do know, I'm, a, I'm an excellent dabbler. So <laughs> the little that I do know about dreams is that almost all species of animal dream. And in that time, if we were to be hooked up to a bunch of like science, like, you know, they were taking our heartbeat um, something happens, our, our brain goes into this coherent state where our body goes deeply into healing. So, you know, it may seem like, oh, I had this dream. I didn't even like sleep well, mm -hmm. but there's something that's magical that happens when we get into the brain waves where we can dream in the body. It's like such a deep state of healing. And, you know, on the, on the woo and the mythic level, I think it is our subconscious sort of projecting ourselves into a variety of situations that are there to give us more information. And the more that we interact and have relationship with these dreams, the more healing benefits we can receive. And so wow. it can feel like, okay, my dreams are just wild. They're probably just a brain dump. You know, all of these are things I hear from people who haven't yet begun this deep journey with their dreams. And so I've been an active dreamer, a lucid dreamer ever since I was a kid. And so when I got to be, um, you know, in my thirties, I had, I had gone to several retreats, things that were totally based on dreaming. So it wow. was like, I upped the ante with, with my dream weaver, with my subconscious. And I started, you know, having a practice where I share my dreams every two weeks with a friend and during that, I can't even tell you how much my life has improved since I started working with my dreams, A, because it gives me practical information about 
things that are coming down the pike to the, the magical things that I've seen in my dream before they actually happened in my life. That's a whole different thing. Like, right. There's so many implications about how we dream and why we dream. I've heard the most amazing stories about people doing, um, otherworldly things, you know, things that if we saw, we, we were here about, it would like, it, it would threaten the reality as we know it, because we'd say that's impossible. But mm-hmm. in the dream time, I feel like you can do the impossible. And, you know, even just on, you know, everyone doesn't have to be a geek about dreams like I am, but I think even just starting to interact with them and write them down and ask questions about them is going to give you so much information about shadow work and shadow work can be really scary. You know, we have to like look at aspects of ourselves. We have to feel feelings we don't like. And I think what, what a better place to do it than in the dreams. We can just kind of let it play out. And if we get really savvy with our dreams and lucid with our dreams, we can see ourselves in that third person perspective and kind of get the get the higher lowdown because like when we're in it, when we're in the emotion, when we see a shadow and we think it's one thing, we may like be able to become lucid and realize it's totally something else. And that's the like cadence that my dreams have begun to take on. So it's, it's quite the, it's quite the relationship that I'm obsessed with. <laughs> I mean, I'm here for it. And, and for me, I just, I, when you said you wanted to talk about this, I just, I, it's so, so I did get into, I'm also a dabbler and I did go down the rabbit hole of lucid dreaming. I taught myself to lucid dream. Nice. I did the whole thing where, um, I would like check my nail polish or the uh-huh. time, you know, things like that to like, am I dreaming? Am I not? Um, and I really got good at it for a while and I'm pretty good at, at re- realizing I'm dreaming, but what's so interesting, and I guess I'm a little jealous in, in a lot of ways, like my dreams are rooted so deeply in reality in the sense that it's anxiety, it's terror. Oftentimes, like I suffer from anxiety and oftentimes yeah. in my dreams, I am running for my life. Like it is okay. fight or flight. I wake up yeah. totally exhausted. Whereas my husband, on the other hand, will <laughs> literally dream that he is a whale. Dudes, man. Oh. Or a mountain. <laughs> a mountain. Okay. I ha- He's like, I wake, he wakes up every morning as if he was like in a coma, right? Yeah. Because he's been in such a deep sleep and he's like, wow, I really know what it feels like to be a whale. I can like <laughs> smell the earth. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like hiding under a bunker, like, you know, just having yeah. this crazy experience. Yeah. And, and my, my best friend too is such a beautiful dreamer. She's such a mystic and she like sees her guru and is in the Ganges and like bathing. And I'm like, going through my day. So by the time I wake up, it's like, I'm totally exhausted. And this has been my whole life. Yeah. Uh, Oftentimes, you know, I will have that, that random lucid dream. That's just totally beautiful and amazing, but most times it's not that, that way. So for somebody, I want to unpack a little bit when you said starting to interact with your dream. So like you said, sharing, writing things down, what do you mean by asking questions? Like, What's a really good way to start diving into this, this work? Yeah. So, I mean, how we begin the relationship with the dream is to a work on dream recall. So beside my bed, I keep my phone. It's on airplane. Actually. Um, I turn my Wi-Fi off at night because that's can interfere with the, the place that they think in the brain that the dreams actually happen. And so um 
Anyway, I wake up and I record my dream into my um, recorder. I have my phone like all the way on the dimmest setting. I just say my dream as I remember it. I don't get into interpretation unless I think it's like key and I'll forget it. And then in the morning or at least once a week, I'll, I'll interact with these dreams again. So I'll start to think about them. You can do creative imagination where you re-enter the dream. And instead of running, you can stay and confront whatever's happening. Um, there's a lot of different ways to begin to work with the dream. But the thing that I want to really emphasize to the people who are listening is that it's nothing's one size fits all. So like when we're doing dream work and if you told me your dream, I would say, if this was my dream, I would consider this because every symbol is going to be something different to someone. You could see, and even just like the spirit animal stuff, yes, you can look, you know, you can look things up and say, okay, there is this bigger mythic meaning. I think that's true. But you can also continue to peel back the layers. Well, actually, a horse means this to me because I grew up with horses. And actually, the last time that I saw this person alive, I was near this horse. Or what, whatever starts coming in, we start honoring that as like information for us. And, you know, it's, you, I can't say 100% that you'll, that doing, in doing this work, you're going to not have any more dreams while you're running. But I'll tell you from my experience that for many years, that's the only kind of dream I had, literally. It's just me running. I'm just like, yeah. again, here I'm I am running. I'm running for my life. Yes, I had this like deep, 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 uh, something with my psyche, okay? And it's totally fine. We all do. And I think actually it's like, you know, the it, the interesting thing about like the feminine dreamer versus the masculine dreamer and, and even how men tend to just be able to like lay down and go to bed while, you know, we have to like close off all the tabs in our brain. It's just like, we're different. Okay. <laughs> and it's going to express different. And, you know, often women are doing this like deep, rich shadow work all the time. It's like when we bleed, we're like offering up this like grief about the planet and we're receiving the download about how to change. And, you know, the masculine partners and people who identify like that have a different energy to harness and hold down. So, mm. you know, for me, it was common to have those dreams. And, and as I've, as I've moved and worked with them, they're not that common anymore. I mean, there is, there is often an element of fear that I have to overcome, but I think that's just the general nature of dreams. It can shift, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I just, I love listening to you talk. And I, I thought this from, you know, as soon as you said, it's so funny, it, as soon as you said that this business came from a place of intuition and like from the very beginning, I'm like, man, she's done a lot of shadow work mm -hmm. because to even get to the place to be able to fully listen to your intuition and not let your ego get in the way or self-doubt, imposter syndrome, I mean, you name it, the resistance yeah. is so strong. So to even be able to create from that place when I meet somebody that like really has their shit together in a way that is so obvious that you do for me, the first thing I think of, man, they've really done some work because it doesn't come naturally. Like you have to work on yourself. You have to heal these things. You have to step into the shadow work. And it's so beautiful to have these conversations with people who are succeeding in business in this way, but it's because they walk the talk. Like yeah. you're going to tell my audience, you're going to tell me to do this, but then you're going to go home and do it too. And I think it's, it's easy as coaches or mentors to help our clients, help our customers, but then to actually do that work within ourselves requires like a whole nother level of openness and vulnerability. And I just appreciate, I appreciate it so much that you've really committed to healing 
so many levels and so many wounds. And one, one thing that you talked about is healing the the sister wound. Um, and I would love to sort of end on, on that. I, that also really stood out to me. And I've had some really beautiful conversations with women on this podcast, just about our relationships with women, um, in general. And, the people in my life that have hurt me the most, where I feel like the most betrayal, the most um, just hurt have been women. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd love to you to talk to that um, and, and the work that you do around that. Yeah. It was 3.33 when you were like, talk, the last little bit of what you were saying, I just happened to look up at the clock and I was like, yeah, word, you're on, you're on, we're on point. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think the sister wound is something that stems from, you know, a lot of us have heard and understand what it means to have the mother wound. It's basically like the way that I look at it is like incompletions with our mother, you know, and they say for seven, what is it? Seven generations, we can hold the, like the literal DNA programming of how our grandmother dealt with things. If she, or even if she really did, you know, we're, we're basically, because we don't feel our feelings and we haven't for many generations, we like put ourselves into these really uncomfortable positions and postures. Just think about, you know, the way that our mothers had to carry themselves to get through life. And then, you know, they've given us some of that false programming and on and on and on. And and in that there is, um, you know, something that I call the sister wound. It's a way of feeling, like there's only so many positions. And if you're in a room with this many women, then you're in competition for something. Is it a man? Is it a job? Is it, you know, who's got to be on top? It's just that mentality that we're all dealing with and, and no place, you know, I've seen it so clearly, you know, is mistrust for other women. And, Mm -hmm. and, and often if we put that lens back on ourselves, it's like mistrust of ourselves. And, for me, everything switched so drastically for me after my mom passed away. I, it was like a month later and I was at this retreat, which was just a series of synchronistic things. Like it was in Joshua Tree. It was with two women. It was a month after I lost my mom. So I was just totally blown open. And I remember this moment in this circle where we were passing the stick and somebody was saying something that I thought that I fundamentally disagreed with. I just thought this is wrong. Like what this person did was wrong. How can we have compassion? Like that was the voice that was in my head. And I was like, wait a minute. Like that's, that's a witch hunt. Like that's, that's not even true. And it was almost like immediately I had this real softness about the complicated nature of being a woman and the decisions Mm -hmm. that we've all had to make. And it was like, I don't know, just something with me has shifted ever since then. And so I, 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 what I yearn to do is create places where everyone can come and take off their mask and be their authentic self, no matter what that looks like, no matter what they do, no matter where they're from, and that we can bring that feeling of like wholeness with us because we've, we've been able to like touch it in a group of people. Do you know what I mean? It's like, sometimes if something's wit, it's not real until it's witnessed in, in some, in many ways, you know? And so absolutely. Yeah. Those are the kind of spaces that I have endeavored to create places where we can just be human and being human is messy and weird. Mm. Oh yeah. (laughs) I think that's so beautiful. And I think the hardest part of that for me, if I'm being totally honest, is the taking it with you part. So I have this amazing Reiki master who's down in in Baja and I just spent time with her a couple weeks ago and just the the sisterhood that I feel with her is like otherworldly is the only way I 
can describe it. And I have um, been on retreats or I've, I've done a lot of this work, right? So you're in this retreat or this training and you're in this container and in two hours or two days, you've just completely fallen in love with everybody. Um, you don't even see what they look like anymore, right? You're just fully um, yeah. in love and in full compassion. And one of my life mantras is like, love everyone and tell the truth. And mm-hmm. how hard is that? Whatever. It's just love and, and acceptance. And I feel so seen. And then you leave and you walk into a meeting or you walk into a room with women that you don't know, or your friend invites you into a whatever. And then it's like, that stuff just goes out the window. And how do we integrate or begin to integrate? And how do you help your clients integrate that into their, their own lives? Like what's a couple tools or one tool that, that you can do to start to carry that feeling with you, because if you're lucky, you felt it. And I do think many of us have felt it, but it's tapping into it and getting back to that, that just remembering to. Exactly. You know, there's two things that occurred to me while you were talking. And one is that I think you're doing it already, but we need to create more spaces where that's actually the vibration that we're holding. You know, it's like, why do we have to dip in and out of spirit? Why do we have to dip in and out of whatever? If we like think it's important to, to have a space where people can be authentically themselves, then A, create it and invite people into it and it's real. And the second part is when we step out of it, and we step it into an environment where our body starts to tense up or feel fear. And that's what I was kind of trying to get to in my weird metaphoric ways that I talk sometimes about how we hold ourselves in certain shapes. And I've really realized that we've like become a nation of people that are so in our heads and we can like pathologize love and we can pathologize being hurt instead of just laying down on the floor and crying and being hurt like a kid. It's like, our bodies hold a score and they're always going to tell the truth. So if we go into a situation where actually what we want to feel is vulnerability, but instead we offer our fear, it's a time to like practice and learn how to be in the body. So everything for me lately has just been like, oh my God, my body's this literal genius. It knows how to birth itself. It knows how to die. It actually knows how to have sex. It knows how to do all these things. And somehow we've made mind God. And so we've disconnected from the wisdom of like what the body needs to do. And so they say it takes like 12 seconds for an emotion to complete, but instead of letting it do that, we like think about it in our heads and like keep our bodies held in this perpetual state of stress and emotion. So how are we ever going to like walk into a a room and feel like I want to be my authentic self here, unless it's, you know, a little bubble we've created. So I think it's this work in tandem. It's like, okay, yes, let's keep creating this bubble until it's like this movement and it spreads, but let's also do the work of making the animal within our body feel safe so we can even keep going, you know? I am, I could talk to you all day. (laughs) I'm so happy you're in my life. Um, Yes, I totally get it. And it's in, it's in, it's just in complete resonance with me. And so I love when this happens, it happens pretty often, um, but not as often as I would like, actually, um, this experience where I'm just like, wow, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And and I know it's what my audience needed to hear today as well. And there's just like so many nuggets in here. I want to like learn more from you because like you said, it, it is a remembrance and 
oftentimes, you know, we go to these events or sound healings or whatever, and you start by sitting in a circle and you say your intention. And my intention always, always, always is I'm here to remember. Um, And everyone sort of looks at me because they have these like, oh, I want to, you know, help my meditation practice or, or whatever. Everybody has these like really specific, really like type A reasons for being there. And when I do commit to those circles, it's intentional for me. I have my business coaches, I have my mentors, I have that. And then when I'm really wanting to step into the feminine step into get in the bath, basically is metaphorically mm-hmm. speaking, um, it's to remember like, that's it. And I even have this like Instagram account that is just my own. It has no followers where it's my real, even though I try to be as authentic as I can, there's this sort of feminine softness that I still am not quite quite ready to share. And even the Lincoln or like the bio says, do you remember who you really are? And it's like, Mm -hmm this remembering. And I think my purpose is really evolving from even from a business level. Like I'm teaching my first class tonight of this course I teach. And it's about reminding people who they are. Like, this is who you are. This is what you're here to do, but we have to remember ourselves along the way. So that's so true. Such a powerful conversation. And I am going to stalk you even further um, <laughs> yes. after connecting with you and hearing your voice. And I would love to talk online about ways we can continue to support one another. But yes. for everybody listening who has uh who has intrigued as I am um, to learn more from you, give me all the calls to actions. What's coming up? Where can we find you? What's the best place to start? Cool. Well, one of my monthly offerings until at least the end of the year, maybe a little beyond is um, a ritual I do for letting go. Um, It's called a death meditation and that can evoke all types of feelings in one's body, but I guarantee you that the the end result will be that you'll leave feeling more spacious, more like yourself and more like you've done something that maybe you needed to do for a bit. So that's all I'll say. I'll leave that kind of a mystery, but it's, it's every new moon. And then I do something called Society of Wild Hearts. It is a monthly virtual membership. Um, Really, it's a community of encouragement for people who have big ideas and want to ground them. And even beyond that, I think it's just a really healing environment to consider um, consider all of these ideas, but consider them in a multidimensional way instead of like you're just a robot, you're here to perform, to make the money, to whatever. We're going to look at it on all different levels and speak to us who we are as is people and wild hearts. And if you have a lot of emotion and you have a lot of courage, like, and you need a community, that's what that's about. And then you can find more of my work at asiaophelia.com. And I'm the girlfriend manifesto on all social media. Um, I have some fun stuff coming up for 2021, but it's not solidified yet. It's um, a dream workshop. And then I want to do something called the consciousness explorers club or society. I haven't decided on the wording quite yet, but you actually get a physical postcard in the mail once a month with a clue on um, how to be sort of like a metaphysical detective. It's very like cheeky. It's very like playing with the universe. Like, let's see what's possible. Let's push our edge, not in a way of like boot camp, but more in a way of like childlike joy. I'm here for it. This was so fun. That dream workshop, I'm all about it. I love the letting go. Um, I just love that you call it the death ritual. I 
definitely have experienced like deaths of pieces of myself and relationships. And I think calling it that is what it really is. And, and to be able to let go. Yeah. I just, I totally am in complete resonance with this. I'm so grateful for your time and for this conversation. I, of course, will put all of the links that you shared um, in the show notes, and I will be uh, sharing all of this with my people as well. So thank you for being here. And, and the last thing I would love for you to share is your prayer um, for your dream audience. Like if your dream client is out there listening or just your prayer in general for the sisterhood, for women, um, just any last, um, piece of wisdom or hope, um, that you would love people to walk away with. You know what? I think I might have to borrow a page from, from you. It's something that I've said a lot to myself recently. And it is about this remembrance of our, of the ancient wisdom that we hold. Um, it sounds so, it can sound so like far off, like, you know, why does this matter for my life? I'm just trying to whatever. But I think that if we're, when we get in touch with those sacred remembrances, um, it makes life easier here. We're, you know, things just flow. So, um, you know, that, and just let your freak flag fly. Like that's, that's that magnetism, the truth of who you are, whatever that looks like, that's what's going to call in all the right things for you. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. (laughs) This was fun. And to everybody listening, I know this was a great one. I can't wait to hear what you think. And until next time, keep growing.